1: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Victory Drive. Um, This week, I had on my good buddy, Dominic Sheets. We discussed, I don't know, we kind of just started bullshitting a little bit, talked about our season, um, because we are in the middle, our kind of tail end of uh, a lot of people's archery seasons and um talked about that a little bit talked about some season updates and then we got into his rifle pronghorn hunt that he went on in wyoming he told a great story about that it is a short-lived um hunt but all the lead-up getting into wyoming and um him shooting his rifle and getting used to it and all that good stuff we talked about that quite a bit and um yeah, so had Dominic Sheets back on. He's a great guy, part of Team WCB. Um, we had a great great conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, and on to the business. Um, all right, so Mountain Ops, code VICTORY, 20% off. They just had their Black Friday sale where everything, everything on their site was 30% off. So if you got something then, great job. You paid attention and saved some money. Um, but if you missed it, then you can always use code VICTORY, and you get 20% off of everything no matter what. So, um, also, Africa, August 26th through September 3rd. If you guys want to go, let me know. Um, we're going to Africa with Stuart Pringle, Legendary African Safaris. And um, it's going to be, they have awesome accommodations. We've talked about it in depth here before. I just want to remind everyone of the dates um, of August 26th through September 3rd. And um, also, Wyoming Bear Camp. Uh, it'll be me, me, Devin Leonard, and uh, Trey Heiner, and his crew in Wyoming shooting some bears in Wyoming. Obviously in Wyoming, uh, May 27th through the 31st. Um, if you guys want to get that too, I think we have a few spots available in Wyoming as well. Um, let me reach out to me. Let me know if you have any questions, concerns, or interest. Um, also, Grizzly Coolers. Uh, in my opinion, the kings of the hard-sided coolers, but also the soft-sided coolers. Their soft-sided coolers are awesome. We highlighted them um, a few episodes back. But they just really have, in my opinion, some of the most durable and the best coolers on the market right now. They also have uh, box blinds that I'm really getting interested in. There's a few spots that I know of that would be really nice to have... It, uh, a box blind on because it's down in the bottom where wind kind of swirls. And if you keep that thing buttoned up until the moment of truth, then it's makes it a lot more effective. I think hunting them bottoms where winds tend to swirl around and stuff. So, uh, also with grizzly coolers, you can use code WCB for 15% off. That is code WCB for 15% off. All right. Now on to the episode. Hope you guys enjoy. Goodbye. Okay, <laughs> Dominic Sheets, how you doing, buddy? Hey, man, doing well. How about yourself? Oh, good. Very good. Just uh, had to work a little later than usual tonight, and uh, yeah, just getting home, and doing a podcast with you, so life is better, you know?
2: Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's you- always better once you get
0: home. Yeah, it is. You know, it's, uh, man, my fucking deer season is slipping through my fingers, I feel like, though. Uh, I feel the same way. It's feels it's like... Rough.
2: Feels like I've come close so many times and uh just can't can't quite get the seal the deal.
0: Yeah. I mean <laughs> this has been kind of a um I guess it has more i it what am I trying to say here? It's been a rough year for you as well, hasn't it? Like your archery yeah, season. Yep. I know I while well, I'm on the team W C B group chat and stuff that we have going, it seems like it's just this year for some reason has been Right the struggle it's, boss,
2: yeah, for sure i mean i I had two good bucks, good for around here that um I was watching all summer long, and they were so consistent, and then they both of them disappeared about a week before the season and haven't shown up again then um, there was one <clears throat> he's not a he's not a giant, but he was a a cool buck um. I had him at, like, 20 yards last season with, like, five days of season left. He had a cool drop time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I passed on him last year. I was like, well, it's only five days left in the season. If he's made it this far, he's probably going to make it to next year. And so he ended up making it to this year, and he lost that drop time. He just had a weird, funky rack. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I did get a shot at him. um <clears throat> That was a uh, Halloween, and I was able to to get him. He wasn't huge by any means, but he was cool. Buck had cool character. Um, so that was that's that's when my season turned around. Really, I mean, I, I wasn't even seeing deer. I probably hunted at at least twenty five times up till that point on Halloween, and <laughs> I'd seen maybe five deer, and then Halloween. Is when that big cold front hit here. Mm-hmm. I think it hit you guys a couple of days uh, ahead of time. I'm think, in Virginia, yeah. by the way.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> um, I was just gonna say re- refresh everyone on where you're at. So
2: yeah, yep. yep, I'm Virginia, um, about 35 miles west of uh, DC. Yep.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think you're right. Cause, uh that cold front hit us. It was yeah a little bit. Is right. Yeah, it was probably a few days before. Um, Halloween is kind of, Halloween was kind of like the, just the tail end of it, but it's still really good. Um, okay. Yeah. But
2: yeah, that was, that was the first day it hit us over here on the East coast. Okay. but It was the same front. That was the same front that everyone on the team was just suddenly started to, there were bucks dropping left and right. Oh Um, dude, they're
0: it was ridiculous. It was like, that was crazy. It was over a week of having at least one, someone in the, in the group killing, a good, really good buck. Like
2: right, right, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, no, it was it was super cool. I mean, for me, it was it was frustrating because I'd be out there hunting and wouldn't see a single deer, and everyone's like <laughs> oh, see pictures of these these giant Midwest deer they're killing, and oh, yeah. I don't even have hardly anything on camera. So it was um, when that buck showed up. It was, I mean, it really lifted my spirits and turned my season around a little bit um but it's still been a little bit of a struggle bus yeah since then
0: Yeah. cuz i mean uh, what what was it last year wasn't it last year or the year before that where you i mean you're usually put down quite a few deer with your bow
2: yeah yeah there's a lot of uh, a lot of deer in this area it's a target rich environment to say the least and this year has just been a weird year Hmm. we have a we got a lot of acorns on the ground this year and i'm thinking that maybe that's that's what it is the deer just don't have to move anywhere to eat they can just bed down stand up eat bed back mm-hmm. down so that's about the only thing i can attribute that to i yeah. don't know what else has changed to to make them not even showing up on camera so
0: yeah i mean my my season has it's been rough in a different way. I have seen deer and I've seen a lot of nice bucks and you know, I've had I honestly had some of the biggest bucks I've ever seen on the hoof. Um within oh, really? within bow range of me. Yeah, I just couldn't quite seal the deal. I took my long bow. Well out. you
2: were I was gonna say, you yeah. were you were out there chasing with the long bow.
0: Yeah, yep, So That's, that's a,
2: a whole another challenge in and of itself. Yeah, well and the thing is, uh before
0: season started we're kind of, my buddy and I were going through trail camera pictures and stuff and, um, mm-hmm. looking at everything. I'm like, I don't know, nothing's really that great right now that we have. I mean, we had a few really nice bucks. Uh, a couple yeah. of them were really nice, younger deer, like three, you know, three and a half year olds that were showing some really good potential. In there and they're in spots where right. we feel really comfortable passing deer just cause, uh, okay. the, right. the guy that kind of runs it. He's like, yeah, we're not gun hunting this year. And we're really wanting to see these ones go. And we're, oh. like, and, and we're like, cool. Fuck. Yeah, dude. Like we're on That's board. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Cause around so here, everyone,
2: I mean, everyone is with the program to let these younger deer pass. Yeah. try And get them to get an older age group. Yep. Or,
0: yeah. It's really, it's really sorry, cool no. when you kind of meet people like that. And you know, he's, uh, he doesn't own the land. He, um, rents it for like cal ground and whatnot else. And, uh, uh, okay. you know so but he has most most of the control over it and we right. we got permission and some neighboring pieces and um that are all around him that he also kind of runs around it's just all in the same area and we're we're basically all four of us because he has his brother they neither of them really hunt a whole lot but they you know they, okay. they like to hunt they just can't they're just so busy they just are like, but they're right, like, right. They love seeing big deer too. So he's like, Yeah, you know, we'd really love to see these ones go. And both my buddy and I were like, Yeah, you know, we're on, we're on board. You know, we'd love to see more big, like, older deer running around. So
2: I wish I could get more people yeah. around here to sign up for that program. Things right. Like people, I mean, we have, we have three buck tags and people are like, Oh, I got to fill my buck tags. Like that, it doesn't matter what they are. It's just, Got to fill my book tags, and that yep. frustrates me to to no end. I mean, it's very frustrating. We definitely have.
0: Sorry, go oh, ahead. That's it. I just it's very it is very frustrating when that happens.
2: Yeah. No. We. I mean, we have potential to to grow some pretty good deer. I'm not going to say they're Iowa or Illinois standards, but I mean, we definitely we consistently as a state produce. A few Boone and Crockett deer every year. I, mm-hmm. I have a feeling there are quite a few that get killed here every year. But um, well,
0: you know, it's one of those things too. Where I know a lot of um, other states kind of compare their deer herds to like that of like Illinois, Iowa, Missouri, right? You know, Kansas, Oklahoma, wherever, wherever else, big big bucks kind of roam around. But yeah, you can't really. I mean, you can't do that. There's so I don't know. I'm not a biologist, but. Um, I feel like up around with you guys, it's almost like a completely different deer species. Like, they're white-tailed deer, but I feel like they're just generally smaller. I don't know if it's – I don't know if it's the food or what it is. It's the lack of – and the fact that in the Midwest, obviously, there's corn and beans everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And that gets them really fat. Corn-fed deer. Yeah. I don't know if it's just uh, purely the the feed or if it's the fact that they're just like something. Because I know when they're, like, repopulating (laughs) – North America with white-tailed deer because they got decimated back in right. like, was the 1800s and I think I think they were down to like a few thousand deer yeah it was in America
2: r- almost none basically yeah they're
0: pretty damn close to extinction and they start bringing them back and I think they kind of pulled from a bunch of different places they're the right. same species so they can definitely you know Intermingle and and all that, but I think they were pulling from so many different spots at um, just
2: different genetics. The yeah. genetics were probably they didn't like if they pulled them from the east coast or from the south, they probably didn't need to. They didn't genetically they had smaller bodies because they didn't need to pack on as much for the winter time because we have milder, more mild
1: winters. And yeah,
2: so stuff yeah. like that. I don't know I'm if it's sure something like it's, that, but
0: it just, it just seems like I, you know you just can't you just can't really. It's almost really, you know, I, I don't know, I, I don't know if I feel bad or what it was like. You almost can't really, com- can't really compare, you know. No, right, you, and you,
2: that's that's why yeah. I say for this area, and yeah. I've killed a few good ones in this area, and I'm damn proud of them. I mean, they're fuck yeah, they're great bucks for this area, and, mm-hmm. and so. But we, when you when you were talking about with the corn and stuff and how that could be a factor in why the deer is so much bigger there. I, I think that definitely is because we have some areas of Virginia that are just farmland everywhere, and those areas typically produce much bigger deer too. So okay,
0: I think that's that way in <laughs> Michigan as well. Like the Upper Peninsula area where it's all hardwood oh, okay. is yep. like significantly smaller deer than in the southern part of Michigan where it's predominantly farmland. Right. Right. So I mean, I'm not a Michigan. Yeah, here
2: there's not that. a there's not a whole lot of farmland. Uh, anywhere in the vicinity for these deer to be eaten on. It's mostly just big open timber and with houses mm-hmm. sprinkled in into the timber throughout. And I mean, you might get someone with like a two acre field and they plant some corn or whatever, but it's nothing nothing substantial. Mm-hmm. How do you hunt those like big woods
0: areas? Like, do you just kind of do a shit ton of scouting and find a heavy trail and sit on it and just see what happens? Or, I mean, what's kind of your tactics I up
2: typically there? try to find um, terrain features that will funnel them down. Uh, you might have a – be on, like, a ridge, and you'll have some deep uh, drainages, I guess, that a lot of times the deer would rather walk up around the, the head of the drainage so they might be anywhere top to bottom on the ridge, but when they get to one of those drainages, a lot of times they'll go up to where it's not as severe and they can cross over it or just go around it mm-hmm. entirely. Or down on the ground or on the lower portions, um, look for creek crossings, and then kind of backtrack from there, try to follow the trail until I get to some place that I think I can hunt the, those bottoms are so tough to hunt because everything is so hilly and it just, the wind just swirls. I mean, that's kind of what I was dealing with tonight. I was out and, uh, the wind was blowing basically 360 degrees. Oh Uh, yeah. I was just sitting there in the tree. Like what am, what am I even doing? (laughs) And of course I didn't see a single deer. Um, but, It was, uh, we kind of touched on it just briefly for a second, but I was telling you before we started recording, it was a, a weird, uh, a weird hunt. This, this property I was hunting. Um, it's great because there's a, a road through a neighborhood and then you get out of the houses and the road just kind of dead ends at this Creek bottom. And so I can park and I cross the Creek and, um, in my stand So access is perfect Mm -hmm. and I can just, if the wind cooperates, I can let my wind just blow back um, up that road. Oh yeah. But just swirling. But anyways, so I was parked and I was sitting in the stand and it was just getting to sundown and this truck pulled up and parked next to mine. And this lady got out and then uh, about five minutes later, another truck comes, comes pulling down the road and, Parks and this dude gets out and they start making out in the middle of the Whoa. road right next to my truck and then and then uh, they climbed into the lady's truck and they were in there for a little while probably <laughs> twenty. <minutes>. No shit. <laughs> and I'm sitting there in my tree, probably forty yards away, and I'm like, I don't. How did they not see me? I mean, I'm wearing orange because it's gun season. Uh And they, I don't know. And then dude got out of the truck and both trucks drove off. No shit. That is wild, dude. (laughs) (laughs) So I think between, between the wind swirling and that, uh, whatever you even want want to call it, that's, uh, (laughs) We'll that's one of the a, directions a lot of the deer come from, so could be a, a factor in, yeah, <laughs> yeah. in
0: why I didn't see anything. Oh man, dude, that's wild. I wonder I always kind of wondered, you know, um if you if you were to have sex before you go out, do you think the deer could smell that in the air? I don't that know. That is a good question. I wonder I wonder if they could could
2: bring big bucks in. Yeah. Like, Ooh, this smells different.
0: Let's go check that out. You're right. Exactly.
2: (laughs) I've heard them say that about like, uh, women hunting. If they're, I don't know if it's when they're on their period or whatever, but (laughs) it's something like that, that they put out some weird scent and pheromones, man. Yeah, exactly. And (laughs) big bucks just smell it and come in to investigate.
0: Yeah, I love how we're just a couple <laughs> dudes sitting here, like talking out of our ass about it. I know.
2: <laughs> like that. None of that no is probably to true. back this up whatsoever. <laughs> it's just anecdotal or hearsay. Just straight,
0: probably heard it from another dude. That's just like, I wonder, I wonder yeah, if, they're, exactly. if, if, if if when human women are in season, I wonder if the Bucks can
2: <laughs> yeah. can like. Connect the dots, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. You would think that oh, uh, with
0: all the with all the shit that's um like all all the all the shit that's in the outdoor industry that's for sale. You'd think someone would have like if that if there was any scientific basis to that, they would have uh, found a way to market that.
2: But, I would think so, yeah. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> just bottled okay. estrus. It's not not deer estrus. No, just <laughs>
0: It works the same, I swear. It's a hundred percent natural. You know, <laughs> taking you can from use the it rip. in
2: uh, in states that only allow the synthetic stuff now.
0: Oh, is there states that only allow synthetic stuff now?
2: Yeah, Virginia is one of them.
0: Oh, really? What's the deal on that? CWD. What? Cw's pass yep. through esters piss.
2: No, no, just urine in general bodily fluids. I thought that was through shit piss uh feces piss spit oh, saliva God. whatever yep damn huh yep Weird. so there i know that there are a handful of states that have um outlawed uh deer urine so hmm. you, you can only use synthetics here in virginia
0: couldn't they um, couldn't they test it though and put it out there be like cwd free piss like
2: I don't know if they – from what I understand, they can only confirm that the deer doesn't have it by checking the lymph nodes. Oh. And in order to check those, they have to kill the deer. True. So right. I don't know if there's a an economical way to do that where you're harvesting a bunch of piss from one deer and then – you kill it?
0: Yeah. And then <laughs> so. check it. Like, yeah, we're, we're clear. Yeah. No, that's... Yeah, there there
2: are all kinds of farms that claim that they're CWD-free, but I think that until... Unless you were to kill them all
3: mm-hmm.
0: and
2: test them, that they can't really say that for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, I know they're dealing with that pretty bad in Wisconsin, Minnesota. Somehow... Yeah. I, I know we have some of it in Iowa, but... I So, what's weird is that Minnesota, with their CWD program that they're doing there, their um, idea to combat CWD is to issue a f- metric fuckload of tags and just kill more deer.
3: Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. W-
0: less deer, less deer dying of CWD, <laughs> right? And say, like, okay, um, that doesn't really make sense to me, personally. I, I think I would rather have a more robust and, um, booming deer population To then, you know, it, you're going to have casualties obviously, but it's like, you'd think, cause there are deer that are, that have uh, a sort of immunity to CWD, hence why they're not okay. all dead. So you think that you'd want to just let it run through, run its course and whatever you're left with, you're left with. Um, if anything, you'd think you'd want to limit tags and save the population in order to see what kind of what happens. But their idea is to kill more deer. So they have in CWD zones in Minnesota, you can get a CWD t- CWD tag, and it's only a dollar. Interesting. It's a buck, huh. one dollar, and you, it's a buck or doe. And you can go in those CWD zones and fucking lay the dick down in those areas and kill all the deer. <laughs> dude, it's nuts. It's nuts.
2: That's crazy. I think um, the first county in Virginia uh, I don't want to say the county because I I could be wrong on it but it was one of the ones out um, in like the northwest near the Blue Ridge Mountains. Um, The first county they discovered it in they did everything they could to encourage hunters to kill as many deer as they could. Um, I think the The reasoning behind it is, from what I understand from the research I've done, through piss and shit and saliva, it can actually, like, plants can absorb it and they can, like, put, it can go all the way down into the roots, into the soil system, and it can stay there for, like, seven years or something. And so I think the, the goal there, I think, is to just kill them so they can't spread it at all. Mm. wipe everything out so that they minimize the amount of cwd that's out there on the land mm-hmm. and then
0: well yeah i guess i could kind of see that but what do you do then just keep killing all every deer you see in that area until for the next seven years yeah like that's no nuts. i don't know i don't know that is nuts because i know with uh and also in Minnesota, because there there's a huge hoopla in Minnesota about this. Like they they were holding town hall meetings, and a lot of citizens and hunters were rightfully getting pissed. Like, what the fuck, guys? Like, because that CWD yeah. tag in Minnesota, you can get as a non-resident too. So really, yeah. So they're just literally like, hey, shit, what are we doing here?
2: Over. Let's go, let's go shoot some bucks <laughs> I, in
0: Minnesota. I know, I dude, I thought about it. I was talking to my buddy. He has some family up there, and he's like, it's not worth it, man. He's like, you're not. First of all. There's only does and like year and a half, two and a half year old bucks. Like it's they are they are okay. doing a number on it's working. Like they're killing all the deer, so yeah. But they're also killing every deer with age class. So it's just a, what's left is a shit ton of really young deer. I guess is what he is yeah, what he was yeah. saying. He could be wrong. It's all anecdotal. Obviously, I mean that makes sense but, if
2: they're if they're hunting it that hard and making these tags available for a dollar to anyone.
0: Yeah. But I also know that they were, uh, really ruffling the feathers of a lot of the deer farmers. Uh, so they, there Mm is a good amount of, uh, farmers up there that do have like high fence operations for either they're, you know, collecting shed antlers for antler chews for dogs and shit or selling deer piss and they commercial, commercially raising deer for those reasons. But they're high fence and they're not allowed, they're not allowed to, if a deer gets out, they have to report it. Reported to the DNR, all their deer need to be ear tagged and all that good shit. Um, right, right. But when CW, CWD was getting really big, they were suspecting that it came from deer farms because they because right. those deer live in such confined quarters that they think that's where it kind of stemmed from. So, yep, I think what they did with uh, if you're a deer farmer and they come through and they um, kind of track the somehow track the CWD to your farm, then they DR comes in, they tell you to wipe out your deer and you have to dig up all the dirt. Like you were saying, like the plants and the soil has to kill everything and dig it up. Like, mm-hmm. a, like a lot, a significant amount of the topsoil and take it down to just right, bury right. dirt and then re, and then, you know, replant whatever. But yeah,
2: that's crazy. You know, I can't imagine being a deer farmer and having to deal with that. I mean, that's pretty oh, much dude. destroying your livelihood.
0: Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like that's nuts. Like that's,
2: I, wo- I wonder if they have uh, CWD
0: insurance for those
3: deer farmers <laughs> now.
0: You'd think there would be some sort of insurance for that, right? I don't know. It, right? I, I'd be getting I don't know. Be, yeah, I mean, I suppose there probably would be some sort of special, like, livestock insurance they put on them, where if, they like, yeah. you know, if any type of disease comes through. Some or, kind
2: of disease comes through and wipes out your herd, yeah, whether yeah. it wipes it out or the DNR forces you to wipe them out. Yep, yep that's one just, of the, I don't know well, too much about it though yeah I don't I don't really know
0: much I'd love to have like a biologist on that's that knows a lot about CWD and could talk about that because it is a really interesting subject and it's, it's also super interesting yeah it's also interesting how it hasn't spread near as much as they said it was going to because they're they're talking like you know because I think a lot of it stemmed from <clears throat> Wisconsin was a huge part of it and right then it kind of spread from there into Minnesota and in into parts of Iowa. But Iowa's yep. was, like, they're, they're, mo- they're kind of, what they're kind of doing is like, we're mon- monitoring it, but we're not really mm-hmm. taking action because it hasn't gotten too out of hand. Like EHD kills in Iowa, kills more deer every year than CW- CWD does. I'm pretty positive. Yeah, right. So, but with EHD, there's really nothing you can do about that. Um, you just got to no. Roll no, punches exactly. and hope you don't have a drought, you know. But well, we've had it. But couple... also, I
2: don't think the deer can transfer EHD from one mm-hmm. deer to another. Correct. Versus CWD, they can.
0: Yep. So, if I'm not mistaken, EHD comes from like these midges that uh, brood in mud. So yep. when there's as a... the
2: water rescinds or whatever, it dries yep. up. These those mud flats and
0: yep, and uh, those
2: midges will. I guess we we call Rest them in there.
0: yeah I think we call them nosiums I think it's the same bug mm-hmm. but it's that bug and yep. when they get in there then they can fuck up a deer and give it EHD but yeah it's, yep. yeah in a lot of places especially down in southern Iowa where there's a, a much larger deer population down there and okay. so there's a higher number of deer and also there's a higher number of uh, farm ponds so. The deer's oh, main right. water source down in a lot of those places down in southern Iowa are from ponds. So, Got it.
2: so it it tends to affect them more on EHD years than northern like. Iowa.
0: Yeah, it seems like in northern Iowa, the majority of the deer get their water from like flowing rivers and creeks and stuff. And I don't think it gets th- that. I don't at least up where I'm at. There's not that much. EHD scare up here, like it's not near as bad as it is down in southern Iowa. So, gotcha. I feel pretty fortunate about that. Um, yeah, but, no, for sure. You know, I also live. I do live in the part of Iowa. I've said this before, but I do live in the part of Iowa that is not um, like what people think of Iowa when it comes to deer hunting. I like guess it's, it's okay. literally a, my whole area is just farmland and creek bottoms and river bottoms. Is all it is. Like the only timber we really have here, we have. There's some. You know, some pockets, you know, acreages have, um, groves, some thick overgrown groves that deer like to live in a lot of times and like little pothole areas in the middle of fields. But the majority okay. of the timber comes from creek and river bottoms. So,
2: okay. So let me flip that question back to you. What's your method of hunting that kind of stuff? Cause I have no experience hunting that flat open country like that.
0: Um, it's, it, it's, it's different. So the deer up in my area, they like they they tend to have um wide like longer ranges, I think okay. than they do down in southern Iowa. Like there, there's definitely spots like that. Um, one spot I was telling you, there's a good amount of deer that live there, and there's a lot of areas up over where I was talking about earlier that has like some good grass, some good waterways, and some decent timber. And okay. um, but basically the Biggest tactic, honestly, is to get find some timber and that rides a creek and find a pinch point. And the pinch points aren't really super hard to find. You can find them on the aerial aerial maps really easily. Basically, you're okay. looking for where it pin, the creek pinches from two bigger chunks. Because there's some chunks that would get of timber that would get pretty big, and generally like, that's where deer like to bed and stuff and live. Right, right. <clears throat> but then they're gonna run those creeks and rivers. They're just going to run those bonds okay. and stuff. So, so you
2: find an area where the timber pinches down yep. to a more narrow point and just and try just and get sit. in
0: there. Yep. Sit it out and wait. I mean, you can, it, it really depends. That's kind of been our tactics is try to, try not to pressure certain areas too much. Cause we know, we generally know the areas where they're bedding. I don't have a lot of spots that deer are bedding on. Most of the spots I get permission on are transition areas. So it's okay. they're, they're, they're rut spots. You're gonna can't. You're gonna set up shop in there, and you're gonna sit it out, from right, right. dust till dawn. And <clears throat> hope for the best. Hope they come hope by for that a cruising, Kind of thing. Yeah.
3: Buck to come through.
0: Yep. Yep. And you know we have some spots where we like to get into, and there's some bedding areas that we like to kind of hunt the fringes of and everything. So it's just kind of like that. You just it's pretty typical. But the, the thing is, it's not really that hard to find deer because you drive around the roads and you glass you know, especially in the winter time when the all the crops are down and the snow's on the ground. Oh road. yeah. I mean you just drive around and you find of oh hey that field has a fuck ton of deer in it. What's the closest deer? Right. Oh I bet you they're living there. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> so it makes it yeah, kinda tough.
2: But then at the same time like you you might know exactly where they're coming from and going to but You still have in a big open area. Well, yeah, so does everyone else, but then also access. You have to have a way to get in there and get out too. Yep. So that would be a a whole nother challenge in and of itself because if if there's no crops, then everything's just wide open. The deer can Mm -hmm. be bedded and watch you coming across for 500 yards. And then you get set up and they're like, Nope, not going out that way.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's tough. You got to get there pretty early a lot of times. And, um, you kind of that's another reason why I like to run those transition areas a lot because when they're rutting and they're running through, like there's this one spot I know of that it's pretty killer when it's killer, it's fucking killer, but it's really only killer for yeah. such a sh- short amount of time. Obviously, everyone knows like during that seeking, you just have that phase, little window, Yeah, have that little window, and you just kind of better be there when those first few does are coming into estrus
3: right so right.
0: you really just gotta be there and you know i mean i've had some killer sits in there and it just pinches them down so tight and you're you know you'll you can have you know i don't know fucking 20 deer run past you in a day oh my you know it's, it's pretty nuts um but when it's dead it's the worst you know yeah it could right. be totally on fire that one day and then you go in there the next day and you're like all right like this is gonna happen like it was killer yesterday or, yeah, it was killer yesterday, so you go in there the next day, and there's just nothing. Like, absolutely yeah, nothing. No, so it, you're just like, the,
2: man. The time of year, it's either feast or famine.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's when I got one of them. Um, I had a really nice buck, and I'm kind of glad I didn't shoot him, but I'm also kind of worried because our gun season does come. This is the first year I've ever had that, like, well, it, obviously, this is a gun podcast, but we're both avid bow hunters. Like WCB, right. word class bow hunter, brought us all together. So we're all bow hunters, yep. and we love bow hunting. Um, so, But this year is the first time I've ever been like kind of nervous about gun season because I have a decent amount of bucks that I'm like, man, if they get another year or two in them, they're going to be studs, like absolute hammers. Really? But, yeah, but um, the gun pressure is so astronomical up here because just like I said, Everyone during gun season, you know, they go through and they post up, post a bunch of dudes up on brushy fence lines and escape routes. And they have, you know, a few dudes walk through the timber. And once the deer bust oh, out, right. of the, once they bust out of timber, they're in the wide open fields. And you have you yep. know, guys post up on every <laughs> fence line when they're running through. It's like we all know that when deer are running away from something, they like to take those like kind of brushy fence lines. They They like to stay close to cover. Um, yeah, but you'll see deer, yeah, you'll see deer, yeah, deer run through the middle of fields out here. No, like no problem, but they're going to hit event, a fence line eventually. And there's yep. prob- more than likely going to be a hunter nearby that either sees them running through open fields or is already sitting, waiting for them, kind of thing. So it's really gotcha. tough for deer in my area to get age on them. So that's why I like to, uh, okay. I, that's why I like to go to Southern Iowa or other parts of Iowa. To just because the topography makes them – it just allows them to get a little bit older. Like Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like southern Iowa, there's nice rolling hills and some bluffs and some other topography that, you know, they get pushed out during gun season. They take, you know, two or three bounds, and they're off into this ravine, and you're not seeing them. You know, they're gone. Yeah,
2: exactly. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So it's like I like to hunt those areas, especially during bow season, just because – you know, they're just, just more deer because they, they can get away. In my area they, yeah, just, they can't right. really get away very easily.
2: Now I know you excuse me. I know you hunted muzzle litter season um and you, I listened to your podcast on that talking about how that went. Sound yeah. like you weren't thrilled about it. Um, not really. But so how does that work? Can can you hunt with a gun? Now the gun season is getting ready, or you, did you have to take, okay, I'm going to hunt with a muzzleloader instead of a gun?
0: Yeah. So in Iowa, the way they do their gun season, so there's only one archery season, obviously, and that goes from October 1 to, well, this year it's December 2nd, but it's the first weekend of December. Okay. And uh, then gun gun 1 picks up, then gun 2, and then it's late season. But, uh, so with that early muzzleloader tag, that cuts that basically drops in the middle of October, and mm-hmm. if you get if you opt for that gun tag, then no, you're fucked. They, Iowa only allows residents to get one archery buck tag and one gun buck tag, and you pick the season you okay. have early muzzleloader to pick from. You got gun one, gun two, and late muzzleloader to pick from for your. Okay, so you gun have one of that. four seasons to pick. From the, for your second tag, yep, correct, yeah. And you you cannot get two archery tags, so it ha- if you want to shoot but two, you guys can
2: still shoot deer with a bow during whatever season. Late the season, the gun or muzzleloader you pick. Yep.
0: No, no. So gun one, and two. No bow hunting. No bow hunting allowed whatsoever.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Yep. So bow hunting cuts off. Like cuts off. Just cut it. On December, this year is December 2nd until I think it's December 18th is when gun two ends. Second season gun. That's ends. crazy. Yeah. So no bow hunting allowed. You can't wear orange and hunt with a bow. During gun season, you can use straight walled cartridges, shotguns, or muzzle loaders or pistols. You can use handguns during that okay. season too. But it's only guns. Only guns allowed during those two seasons. And then during late, uh, everyone calls it late muzzle loader season. Um, I Tend to just call it late season because you can use during late season, you can use muzzleloader, archery, handguns, and that's it. So why do they call it muzzleloader season if you can use handguns? That's why I just call it late season, you know.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that makes more sense yeah. to me.
0: It should be called like, if you want to get technical, just it should, not gun season. Yeah, it should just be or called not rifle season. It should just be called limited limited weapons late season is probably what it should be there called. You, go. you know, because so, but but you can more also more
2: accurate, more accurately describes yeah the season.
0: But you can use smokeless muzzleloaders during late season, so and those fuckers can shoot out to like six hundred yards, six seven hundred yards. Are whatever. you serious? Can oh, they really? Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I, had, I had
2: no idea.
0: Yeah, I had uh, Luke Horak on from Arrowhead Weapons a while, like, when, like early on in Victory Drive. and he was I talking remember about, that, yep. Yeah, he was talking <laughs> about his muzzlers that he makes, his, his smokeless ones. And he's saying yeah, that they were yep, shooting, like, yep. sub MOA out past 500 yards, dude.
2: That is mind-blowing.
0: Insane. Like, he told me that. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, sub MOA at 500 yards is like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, dude. If you're a good shooter, I mean, oh you, my gosh. He's like, we've shot steel out to a thousand with those smokeless muzzleloaders. Oh my god, a forty-five <laughs> caliber fucking bullet flying at you know, I can't remember the the velocity on them. Probably close to three thousand feet per second. It's got yeah, right. to be yeah, right. In order to be that, it's got to be flying. So it's like, geez, that must take them
2: forever to work up a load for those muzzleloaders to figure out what. Shoots best, yeah. I think so. That's I think
0: that's kind of why when he builds them, he sends the um, he sends all that shit with the gun. So when you buy a like a arrowhead weapon, arrowhead rifles, smokeless muzzle loader, he sends like all the shit with it, like the loadout and all that stuff. And then you just keep buying the same bullets and the same powders, and you are good to go. Right, right. Yeah, he sends all that interesting with them. So, but yeah, those smokeless muzzle loaders are nuts, dude. That's crazy.
3: Yeah. Jeez. Yeah.
0: So that's kind of the thing too, where I'm like, are we even using muzzleloaders anymore? Or are we just using single shot rifles? Honestly? Yeah, no, exactly. So that's
2: I, exactly what it is.
0: That's kind of, even with the straight walled cartridge thing, and it's not even straight walls in Iowa either anymore. It's just, it's just 35 caliber and above. So you, okay. you, you can use a 35 Whalen, which is just a necked up 30 out six. 35 cal. Okay, So you can use those in Iowa. It's not straight-walled, obviously, but you can use them in Iowa. Yeah, they, just right. cha- they just changed it a few years ago, I think. But, um, yep. like, why even if we're allowing... Why don't we just allow rifle season? Whatever like two, two, three is your minimum. If that's the minimum, like caliber. Why don't we just, yeah, use, Virginia, why don't we just make it rifle season and make it like, oh, single shot only. I don't know. You know, it's like with smokeless muzzlers right, right, being that exactly. effective, like, what the fuck is the... What are we doing?
2: Yeah, seriously. I mean, it sounds like it's more effective than a lot of regular rifle rounds.
0: Oh yeah. That dude, I'm that smokeless muzzleloader. It's a 45 caliber bullet that can (laughs) shoot farther (laughs) and more accurate than a 30 six can, you know? Yeah. It just just takes a little while to reload. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. It's, it's weird. I don't really get into the whole thing. You know, I, I get people's, um, gripes. Like I know in Virginia, they, you can hunt deer with dogs up there, right? Yeah. 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 And that's annoying. And I get that. I get, any
2: rifle larger than 23 caliber.
0: There you go. Yeah. So, and I get your, a lot of States have legitimate grievances that I totally understand. Like I get, I understand your grievance with the dog hunting. I understand you know in Illinois I understand their grievance with the crossbow thing I totally do so it right. makes it hard for me to bitch about Iowa <laughs> when <Yeah. laughs> there's other states out there that have in my opinion like legitimate grievances that should be addressed
2: yeah so, well and, and our rifle season opened a week ago and it goes until the like the first saturday in january holy and shit so you got guys that are running dogs three, four, five days a week, and, I mean, they're they're just out there smelling lead at anything that moves. <sighs> and so you end up with all kinds of wounded deer and lots of unsafe situations. Well, yeah. You know, like,
0: in Iowa, it's a big tradition to go out and, during gun season. You know, you get out with your boys. They're like, all right, boys, let's go fucking – push some woods you know let's go go conduct some deer drives and, yeah right and that's one thing but dude you can't you can't like you can train a dog but you can't really control where that dog's really run the deer and stuff and dude, no and no dudes, exactly dude's getting antsy and they
2: see something running they're like oh fuck yeah dude you yeah know, it's uh, not like they're herd dogs herding the deer they're just chasing the deer they're chasing them as fast as they can they want to catch that deer and chew on him and bite it and whatever, and that deer is doing everything it can to run out of there, whereas when mm-hmm. you have those, base, I mean, I'm just basing this off of videos I've seen. I've seen plenty of videos where they're doing those man drives, and it seems like it's more of a soft bump where the deer will, they're not running full sprint out. They're just mm-hmm. kind of jogging, staying downwind of whoever's pushing them and making sure that they are out far enough ahead of the pushers to not get or to feel like they're not in as much danger.
0: That's definitely the smart way to do it. Um, some people up here, they do some wild shit, um, you know, in Iowa. But, uh, I think for the most part, I think that is really changing. When I was a kid, it was, it was the fucking Wild West out here, dude, during gun season. Like, it was like, holy shit. Really? Oh, it was the Orange Army, dude. You know? <laughs> it was nuts. Yeah. Like, shit was slugs flying everywhere. It's crazy. But I think I oh. on, my honest opinion, I think with the – especially with the straight-walled cartridge thing, mm-hmm. I think it has changed a lot of gun hunters and in, in – maybe at least in my area and the guys I talk to, a lot more guys are sitting in – Sitting in the mornings until about noon, and then like if they're getting really bored and antsy, then they'll go out and do, conduct a few deer drives. But they're just not okay. They're not running them near as much as what I remembered as a kid. So, do
2: you think that's because they feel like they can shoot further, and so they I, maybe don't need to? A...
0: I do. Yeah, I do. I do think that they since they allowed um, certain calibered rifles, I. think, think since i just feel like since they allowed that they're like okay i can shoot effectively effectively out to about you know 250 300 yards and i just don't think there's i don't think they have that sense of like really urgency to just run deer when they're shooting shotguns and they're shooting you know pie plate size groups out at you know 75 yards you know (laughs) exactly so right right i know i i know a lot of people um i we we see in the group chat. I see in the group chat and stuff a lot too, where it's like a lot of guys kind of don't like the straight wall cartridge thing. I personally am a big fan of it because I th- I just kind of see have seen it change the mentality of certain gun groups in my area at least, and I'm like, I, right, I'm, a, I'm right. all for that, dude. You know, but to, 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 yeah. take it, to take take it back to what you were <clears throat> saying, yeah, you can't like when they're when deer are running from dogs it is completely mm-hmm. different than when they're trying to bound away from a human. They know they can right. run, they can run way faster than a human. Like they see a human run through the woods like, "Oh, no problem. I know I know this game. Bound, bound, bound. Good." Like dogs, they're like, "Holy shit, I got to go. Turn on the burners, yeah. you know?"
2: And I I will say that it's it's not all it's not all that way because I know there are plenty of guys that use beagles to run them. And those beagles cannot keep up with deer, so I don't no. know that the deer are necessarily um, sprinting away as fast from those smaller dogs like that. See, they figure out, oh, I'm far enough out of, in front of them that I don't have to worry about it as much. So yeah, that makes in sense. that scenario, you're probably not going to have them sprinting, but they're still out there running around. Uh, but then, then there are plenty of people that do run like the – bigger faster breeds
0: and yeah in in my head i was picturing like uh like fuck i don't know like 20 german shepherds and pit bulls just running (laughs) wild
2: no (laughs) no it's not it's not quite like that but um I'm, i'm not super familiar with it and all the different breeds of dogs that that guys use for it um and honestly i i don't have a problem with it Except for the fact that those those guys who are running dogs after deer they just don't care they've got this mentality that dogs can't read they don't know property boundaries, so don't get upset at at my dog for mm. running through your property and scaring all your deer off or running through and ruining your hunt but they they just they It's like there's no sense of, like, common courtesy or Mm. politeness, and I'm I'm happy for guys to hunt their hunt however they want to hunt, then go for it, but I don't think that it's fair if your style of hunting is ruining everyone else's style of Mm -hmm. hunting and going on their private land, and we have a right to retrieve law here, so... If their dog goes on your land, and they can come drive all over your land and run all over it and try and get their dog mm. and blow all the deer out. So there's just all kinds of issues with it. If, if there was a way for guys to have some kind of boundary around their property or properties, if they wanted to get together with five other landowners and they have – 8,000 contiguous acres between the five of them and they can somehow know that the dogs are only going to stay on their land. then if that's the way they don't want to hunt it, then if it's legal, I don't, I'm not going to say anything about it. And I'm sure it's probably fun, but mm-hmm. they have no control over any of it. And all these other guys who have worked hard, saved up, bought, Bought hunting land and they put all this time and effort into managing it and doing habitat work. And then they're paying taxes on it. Mm -hmm. These other guys come, they drop the tailgate and on one side and they let the dogs run through their property and try and push Mm -hmm. deer over onto property. They can hunt or whatever. I mean, it's, it happens all the time and yeah, I can't tell you how many hunts I've had ruined. I mean, I, I almost quit hunting Thank God I found bow hunting, but I was, I spent two years rifle hunting public land and I would get get there two hours, two hours ahead of, ahead of, uh, legal shooting light and hike way back in there and get set up. And then half an hour after sunrise, here comes a pack of dogs running through and sheesh. Dude, I get, just, I get mad
0: enough um, just dealing with people, you know? Yeah. On no, there's
2: plenty of that, too.
0: Yeah. I can ima- I honestly couldn't imagine. Okay. Well, just yesterday, I went out. I was just – everything – all my all my private land spots kind of just dried up lately, it seems like, and I've just been yeah. been unsuccessful. And um, there's this piece of public that I know that had a, a nice food plot. There's uh, some standing corn in the – like the – there's some end rows and stuff taken out of it. So there's some cut corn, some standing corn, oh, nice. some standing beans, and some brassicas. So it's like a pretty nice, really nice looking food plot that they had. It was almost like tiered. Like the brassicas were way back, the standing beans, and then there's the corn up by the road. Dang. Yeah, it was nice. Virginia
2: doesn't do anything like that for us here. Oh, really? See, no, well, we don't. So, so they
0: manage the public land here like shit. Oh, no shit. So the side tangent, um, Iowa does not have very much public land, hence why Iowa also is such a hard state to draw for non-residents, Right. because when right. non-residents come in and they soak up so much public land, then there's really nowhere for <laughs> residents to really go, because there's, yeah, no, there's just not very much public. It's less than 1% of the state is public, so okay. there's very <clears throat> little public in Iowa, um, right, right. But the public land we do have in Iowa is generally pretty decent because they do get a lot of money from non-resident hunters, the ones that draw and from mm. resident hunters and from just, you know, hunting sales and, and there's a very
2: small, uh, pool of public land to yes. put that money towards. Exactly. So.
0: Exactly. So it's, it, it's a, it's a good and a bad. Like, our public that we do have is pretty fucking decent, I would say, compared yeah. compared to other what I've heard from, from other states. But right. there's not right. a lot of it. But that's also what I think kind of makes it good is that there's not very much <laughs> of it. So the conservation um, organizations out there and the conser- and the Iowa DNR and the Iowa Conservation, you know, like, they pour right. a lot of money and time and effort into um putting in the little
2: bit of public that there is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So there's a lot of spots in public that are really nice. Um, granted those food plots get hammered pretty hard, especially during archery season when guys are hunting field edges and stuff. So they're generally not hitting those public food plots until pretty late unless it's like really cold. And then they're forced to get out there earlier to feed. But right. right. So what I was saying is I found this piece of public that I've known about and it has a nice food plot in there. The food plot does come all the way up to the road, so it's pretty easy to see. I was driving by it one night and I saw like, I don't know, probably twenty five deer out there. And, oh, dang. and I'm like, shit, yeah, that's nice. From so, the road? Yeah, right. But it's it's a tucked away piece that doesn't get it doesn't get a whole lot of traffic. It's it's hit or miss. Some years there's right, like a shit right. ton of people in there. Some years there's like nobody in there. Um Interesting. And it, there's it's it's pretty it's a pretty fucking cool piece of public. And so I saw a bunch of deer in there. Sounds like it. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to go hunt there. Um, Since all my other spots have kind of dried up, I'm just going to go sit that um, kind of towards the back end where I think the deer are coming from and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I got set up out there and it's pheasant season. And lo and behold, you know, last hour of light, some pheasant hunters come through and oh, start no. shooting all over the place. And, you know, because there's some CRP back there, too. And gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, well, fuck me. Guess
2: I'm out of here. So, <laughs> so it's just that, one of those things that you end up dealing with. is public land. I mean, we don't have pheasants here, but we have squirrel hunters coming through, and yep, so you might be sitting on a, a ridge top looking down into a creek bottom or something, and suddenly you see five or six dudes wearing orange come walking through, and they're shooting squirrels and making a racket and having a good old time. But yep. And, you know,
0: obviously I, I am, I love, you know, guns and gun season too, honestly.
2: But yeah, no, saying,
0: But I do understand people's frustrations as well. Cause <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's just that, uh, there's just so many more people out during gun season too. So people, right, so right. guys like us that are really into hunting and, you know, we want to bull hunt as much as we can. And then when it's gun season, then we want to go out and have a good have good experiences when we're out gun gun hunting, but you look around in the general public and you kind of start realizing like, well, okay, first of all, I started realizing since since I got out of, especially since, since I've gotten out of the army and mm-hmm. kind of seeing, like when I was a kid, I would look up to adults and be like, Y'all got this thing figured out, dude. Like, you guys know everything. Right. Right. This is, you know, (laughs) hell yeah. And now I'm an adult. I'm like, you guys are fucking retarded. Like, all you, like, holy shit. (laughs) Like, geez, Louise. Exactly. So, what are we doing here, people? Yeah. And then you, then when gun season rolls around and you get all these, and I totally understand the gripe. I do really understand the gripe that bow hunters have with gun, with gun hunters because there's so many people out and with more people come, a higher percentage of idiots. So, right, I get it.
2: It's just it, it does and, suck, and, and I don't want to come across as as if I'm complaining about gun season. I I'm mm. all for gun season, and, and you're, you're I think not. it's great. But but like you said, you get all these different asshats who don't hunt or don't do any scouting or. Yep. They and, just come walking and walk around with carrying guns and doing stupid shit. And yep,
0: yep. the old, the old poking up. I know guys that even when even bow hunters that go out there and they're like, Oh, 62 yards. I can make that. And they give them the old, yeah, poking oh hope. My gosh. No, I, I know guys that I know guys do that during bow season, but yeah. during gun season, there's just a lot more guys. Like they have their old Mossberg 500 with a, fucking bird barrel on it and they're like yeah 234 yards I don't no problem I can do or it Or you got guys you know yeah exactly
2: or you got guys here walking around with center fire rifles and they're hiking up a hill and they see a deer further up the hill and they just pull the gun up and shoot and they have no thought about the fact that there's no backstop behind them and who knows what's over that hill and how far that bullet's going to go and- yep they just start blasting away. We had someone that, uh, I think it was like three years ago. uh, It was a lady or a little girl died because there was some idiot on public land that was shooting like that. And he was a long ways away from her. um, And she was just outside in her her front yard. And this bullet came flying from this public and, just wrong place, wrong time, but yeah, and you just have all these idiots that just, they have no common sense and have no business being out there hiking around with a gun.
0: Yep. No, for sure. I honestly, it wouldn't bother me if, uh, if, okay. So they're in, there's some urban hunts in Iowa that I know of. And I know for a fact that those urban hunts, you have to apply for those tags and they generally give them, give them out like they're pretty easy to get but they do make okay. you take a pro, uh, archery proficiency test so you have to go out yeah. and you shoot yep. like 5 arrows at 30 yards or something like that and they're like yep. you know if you if you group it this much then you're good um yeah i'm
2: in a program like that here okay. actually
0: yeah so you know what i'm talking about I honestly would not be mad if they made, in order to get your gun tag, you had to take a proficiency test and, you know, get brushed up on your um, hunting hunter's safety um, skills every year. I I don't know. I don't know if that's the right answer or not, but I I probably would be mad about it. But at the same time, like I don't know, I could see people getting
2: being a strong uh, second amendment advocate. I would also feel a different way about it too. On the one hand, the hunter like in me would be like, yeah, that's, that's a great idea. We want to make sure everyone's safe and you don't have a bunch of idiots running around. And the other part of me is like, okay, well you're going to compile this data, d- uh, database of all these hunters and the rifles they're bringing to use. And Damn it.
3: Who's, yeah,
0: who's got right. that
2: database? Who's got that list? What are they doing with that list? Can other people access it? Or am I going on some kind of a permanent list now? And, Valid Slow point, except.
0: dude. Valid point. I didn't even think about that. See, that's what happens. That's why I like um, podcasting with guys like you because I say some shit just off the cuff. and Then you're like, hey, might might not be a good but, idea. Like, you know I mean, I, but I you're also
2: right. think that it would be great if there was some kind of something that you had to pass or demonstrate that you're not a complete idiot Yeah. in order to be legally hiking around the
0: woods with a gun. Well, and that thing is hunter's ed. Like, so you have to do hunter's education in order to get your um, hunting, license, hunting license and stuff. But it's like the majority of guys I know, they do that when they're like 12. Right, you know? exactly. And then when they're by the time they're 8, by the t- honestly, by the time they're like 13, 14, they fucking forget everything. Yeah, you know? exactly. So it's like, honestly.
2: Or they, they just get so caught up in the moment and the excitement. They see a deer and they just start blasting away. They have no... No thought given to all of the normal gun safety rules, yep. and
0: honestly, the the
2: right, <laughs> the best
0: answer, and the right answer is even harder to to do. But it's probably the only way to really do it. And that's just to have good mentors. And you know, uh, my dad, he raised when he raised me during when when I went out deer hunting for the first time with him. He, you know he stressed and stressed over and over and over again. You know make sure whenever, right. whenever you pull the trigger you know what what your target is and what's behind it and you're not yeah, just exactly. you're not just out there shooting shit to shoot shit like you know he handed me it right, when right. he bought my shotgun he handed me a box of 20 slugs and said this is what you use to get sighted in in practice mm-hmm. and then this is for the next 20 years and there's a box of 20 shells yeah. you know so it's like <laughs> that that was one of those things that he always instilled in me where it's like every shot you take you should be one hundred percent confident that you're going to kill what you're pointing your gun at, whether you know yeah, whether it's a exactly. deer, a squirrel, whatever it is, whatever you want to kill, you better be one hundred percent sure or one hundred percent confident because mistakes happen. Sometimes, you know should happen sometimes. Yeah, but no, for sure. But what? But when you're what, out there with
2: a firearm that you can't afford to make a stupid mistake, exactly.
0: You might miss the if deer, but when you miss the deer, you better make damn sure that bullet is still going to go in a safe direction, so you're not going to hit. Right? Else. You might
2: be shaking and your adrenaline's going, and you rush the shot or or uh, jerk the trigger or whatever, but you better not be counting on that one three inch wide tree to stop your bullet. You better have a yep. big hill behind the deer or your target, whatever it is. Yeah. Or exactly. shooting down downhill into a flat bottom or
0: Yeah. We never we something. we never took shot, you know, we generally wouldn't take shots. You know, if the deer's on the the crest of the hill, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. well, if I miss, then it goes past that hill, do I know what's behind that hill? If you don't know right. what's behind the exactly. hill, then you better make sure that deer either comes closer to you, so you have that hill as a back as a backstop. Or you're just not taking the shot, kind of thing,
3: right? You know? Exactly. So
0: it's one of the and where I'm where I live. There's not a whole lot of hills, so it's pretty easy. But you know, it's like that's yeah. kind of one of those things. You know, just general gun safety, like you're saying, and no, you know, all that stuff. It just there's a lot of people that get out there that just just either forget in the moment or whatever it is, right, and right. Make, and when you have a gun in your hands, you know those, you know. <laughs> one mistake could cost someone their life. So it's like, it's not a fucking toy. It's not something to take right, lightly. Exactly. It's not, you know, it's something that is to be taken seriously and having a good mentor is honestly probably one of the, one of the only things we can really do, I guess, <clears throat> and hope for the, yeah, exactly. We'll have that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, the difficult thing, at least around here is that there's just, there's not, a lot of ground that you can that you can hunt with a gun. Um, they're, like within an hour and a half, there's two pieces of public. They're not huge, but because they're of their proximity to the D.C. area,
1: they oh. get absolutely
2: pounded. I yep. mean, it it's like days where you could fit 20 cars in the parking lot and the parking lot's full and there are guys parking on the road and yep that's why I just leave uh, oh my no yeah it. no exactly <laughs> well and that's what i kept dealing with come gun season and so uh, at the time all, all i had was public to hunt and mm-hmm. i was about ready to hang it up and be like no nope, this isn't for me and then i got my first bow and got permission on some small like five and 10 acre pieces closer to the house. And yep. that's when my, my passion
0: for hunting really grew. That's awesome. And that's, I'm really glad you did that because if you didn't, then we probably wouldn't be sitting here talking honestly. Yeah, that's right. So,
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I'm glad you, yeah, I'm exactly. glad you did. No, find, I am too. I'm glad you found bow hunting, dude. But one, yep. one place I do, I'm, I'm like a huge, I'm just super excited to go out and gun hunt again. is I like got West you know? Oh my gosh, dude. Like I'm, I want to go out and do, I want to do rifle elk, rifle mule deer, rifle pronghorn again, and all that stuff. Cause you just got, um, you, I mean, earlier this year you went to Wyoming, right? For pronghorn. Yeah. Yep. How'd that go? Yeah. I
2: went with, uh, I went with a couple of buddies or a few buddies. Um, that actually that, uh, that, archery urban archery type program I was telling you that we have around here that i do yep um, I met so ours is a little bit more structured or organized it's I think than what I was is uh, this county that puts it on they have thousands and thousands of park acres oh. and it's not like a it's not like a city park where everything's manicured and everything it's just areas that have been designated park areas that they can never develop in. Kind of like state parks type just, thing or like state forest yeah, yeah. type shit. Yeah, but they're county owned. Um, okay, gotcha. I guess. And so, yeah, I'm
0: trying to equate the it like stuff up maybe, here. Yeah.
2: yeah, I think the, uh, the two pieces that I can hunt are right next to each other along a river, and I think it's – Three thousand acres total, or oh, something shit. like that. Okay. Uh, but it's real long and narrow along the river. So um, anyway, we all have a eat. There are f- fifteen or twenty different groups, and so my group can hunt that area. And so I've become good friends with my group leader, and then two of the other guys who are in that same group. So the four of us um, decided to do this this hunt out in uh, Wyoming. So we have been buying points for a few years. And uh, how many points did you need to draw? So we, three of us had three points and one had one point. And so Wyoming takes the average, you can apply as a group okay? and then the average points and that's how many you're applying with. So, uh, th- uh, I guess we had an average of two and a half, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, so, we... After the three years of applying or whatever, we... T- this year was our fourth year, and instead of just getting points, we applied for this unit. We... Spent a lot of time going back and forth and doing some e scouting, and then one one of the guys in particular, he's very uh, analytical, and so he he kind of took the reins and did the the brunt of the uh, the research as far as like where to go. Um, oh, nice. He kind of presented a few different. Units to us based on the breakdown. I think he used one of those Western application websites. Oh, like Gohan or fucking yeah, something them. like that. Yeah. Well, um, they'll kind of they'll give you a breakdown of every unit, and then you can kind of filter it out by how many points you have. And so they'll show you your odds of drawing, and they'll show you public. Amount of public land, and then they'll give you like a rating for public access because at West you deal with a lot of that landlocked public. Yep. Um, all kinds of different factors that that he, they kind of analyze or present to you to make your decision as far as where you want to mm-hmm. go, which was super cool. I I still don't know as much about it as I'd like to, but it was still the the amount that I did learn was. Really cool and also complicated and somewhat frustrating from <laughs> from my perspective. It's like all this these millions of acres of public that you just can't hunt because mm-hmm. you can't cross corners.
0: Yeah, uh, there's actually a huge lawsuit going on right now in Wyoming
2: about that. I heard about so. that. I don't I don't know what where that stands right now. And, it sounded like it was kind of nuanced. It wasn't just oh, like yeah. an open, like blanket, like think, if this passes, then you'll be able to right. cross corners
0: now. I think it was it is much more nuanced. Than was, that. I, I think they I think the first court ruled in favor of the corner crossers. Okay, but then um, another court. I don't know. I it, 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 when you talk legal shit like that, it's it gets like you said very nuanced because they're like, oh, so now we're setting a precedence so people can just cut corners and, and jump corners like <laughs> right, this all right. the time and willy-nilly and trespass and all this other shit. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's much more nuanced, nuanced than that. But I heard I think something was, about
2: he, like, used a, an A-frame ladder and set it up. Yep. And something like that, anyways. Yeah, that's exactly so what happened.
0: Say, yeah. Okay. Yep. Because there's two corners that literally met. He's like, okay, well, fucking bada-bing, bada-boom. I didn't touch anything. I didn't touch any of their their private land. So, I just Yeah, and up a over. lot of
2: those a lot of those uh, private landowners will come in and they'll put the the corner fencing in just right there where you would cross and so you can't touch my fence, you can't cross the corner and so he was like, mm-hmm. "Okay, if you're going to be stupid like that and just put up four sections of fence here to where I can't walk through that, then I'm just going to bring a ladder and climb over yep. it and never touch Cause that, that is one loophole that a lot of people
0: have. Like, if you have access to a helicopter, they can drop you in, you know? Yeah, right. So that, and that's legal cause airspace isn't owned. So you're fine yeah. to do that. But they're, so, <laughs> they're so they're like, I, I'm in the air on this ladder. So, it's yeah, were fine. you
2: listening to the, the drone deer recovery, uh, podcast yeah. where he was talking about bringing deer out, uh, yes. with the drone? As yeah. soon as he started saying that, I was like, "Oh man, there's such a huge market out west." Holy shit! If you shit. can, if you can hook some dude into a harness and lift him up and fly him across the corner and uh-huh. drop him down, yep. Then, I mean, it's the same thing as a helicopter, right?
0: Oh yeah, dude. I, to get a helicopter, what you need to probably pay. Like, I don't know. I don't fucking know how much a helicopter ride costs. Thousand.
2: Like I'm sure it's. A Couple yeah, grand, probably depending on. Probably depending on the state and the trophy quality and whatnot, those helicopter pilots are probably going to jack up those prices. Yeah. You might end up paying so the, five grand just to get picked up and flown 100 yeah.
0: yards. So with the drone, you're like, okay, yeah, I'll pick you up and drop you off. Fucking give me 800 bucks, And I go, oh, shit, deal. Right.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: That'd be awesome. <laughs> I think there's definitely a market there for it. Definitely. So, okay. So, um, anyway, yeah, um, (laughs) got a little sidetracked there, but, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, so you're Um, analyzing all this shit and
2: right, right. And so, I mean, it was, it was a very cool experience to, to go through that because it's completely new and different versus hunting out here. Uh, Oh yeah. Was that your first time? So no, I, I, the first year I, um, hunted out there was Colorado. I did, over the counter archery elk. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, on the, I guess it was the western side of Colorado. I didn't have any success, but it was it was a great trip. And yep. I saw some. I saw elk and had some in range, but just no no legal balls. Yep. Uh, so this was my second western trip. Nice. Okay. Uh, so we ended up s- settling on a unit and. Um, then we all kind of, just out of excitement, we all ended up buying new rifles for this trip and got them set up. And around here, there's not there's not that many places that you can shoot very far. I think, like, most of the ranges around here are going to be 100 yards. Oh, really? Uh, Damn. Yeah, I mean, everything's just too tight. Um, the land's too broken up. There's... It's tough to find anywhere that you can shoot out much further than that. So we ended up going out to a range um, in the mountains that has, uh, I think it was a 500-yard range. Oh, yeah. Um, So we we ended up getting everything dialed in out there, which was fun. We all went out there and spent an afternoon there and shooting. and, And that gave us so much confidence going into this hunt. Oh, um, I bet. Just knowing that we could we could make those types of shots because most of us haven't taken a shot out past two hundred. Some had never taken a shot past a hundred. So, yep. just having that confidence alone, knowing that we could accurately make longer shots, was fun and also just a huge confidence booster.
0: Oh yeah, you got um, you got to do that, dude. Like, um, even with even with your archery stuff, it's like you know practice out as far as you possibly can knowing exactly. that your effective range is maybe cut in half, you know, whatever. Right. but Right. You exactly. Know, like you said, that confidence to, to know, like, if I have to take a, you know, five, 600 yard shot, I feel confident because I've done it before. I've been here before. I know I can make that shot if I right. if right. I hold solid and do all these things. Right. So that's awesome. Exactly.
2: Yeah. So, so that was, that was fun. we did that about, uh, I think it was about a month before our trip, so that once we did that, that was like the moment that everyone really got excited about it. <clears throat> so we we were talking about how like logistics of the trip and how to do everything, and we were talking about driving, and it was just going to be such a long drive. I think it was going to come out to almost thirty six hours of driving one Son way. Son of a bitch! And so. Um, we were only going to go for a week. So in the end, we ended up deciding to fly. So then we had to kind of do our research there as far as what we had to do to fly with a, a firearm. Mm-hmm. Um, So it was definitely a, a great learning experience for future Western rifle hunts. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, so, but doing it with uh with a group of guys was also great too, because we were able to, all chip in and get a, a big Airbnb out there, and oh, nice. so that was a lot better than getting a, a hotel. Say because we could have room to spread our gear out and bring animals back to to get them uh, get processed or whatever. Yep. So we ended up flying into Denver and then rented two SUVs and. Drove up to Wyoming, few hours drive, and then uh, that first night we got there, we uh, got everything unloaded, and then we went to go just drive through a couple of the pieces of public that we had e-scouted. It was the day before opener, and um, we saw antelope everywhere. So we were <laughs> we were fired up. <coughs> there just antelope everywhere. The The second piece we pulled in, as soon as we pulled in, there was a a pretty good buck right, like crossing the road in front of us. I don't know, maybe 40 yards away from us Mm -hmm. with a couple does, just following them. The does came across and then he came across. And we were like, this is going to be so easy. We're going to be tagged out on day one. And (laughs) we're going to have to move our flights up and, and. we'll be heading back, and I think that Saturday was the uh, opening day for deer season, archery season here in Virginia, so mm-hmm. we were like, yeah, we'll be, we'll be back and ready, get some rest, and be ready for Saturday. Um, so, next morning, we, or that night, we were over dinner, we came up with our game plan, who was going to go where, and who was going to drop people off, and all that good stuff, so We got up early and we got out there and oh my gosh, it was insane. The number of trucks and vehicles driving (laughs) around. I mean, it was an hour before legal shooting light and there's just trucks bouncing all over the place, driving all over and people getting dropped off and people already set up and, and it was like, there was nowhere to go. So, um, Three of them ended up going to the on the same piece. Um, one went off by himself, and then the two others stayed together. And I drove up the hill to uh, another spot, and I was going to jump out there and hike in a little ways. And I got up there and got over the hill, and there's six, seven trucks out down the road in front of me and no way to get through, and people set up on either side of the road, and I just... Texted the group. I was like, "Screw this! I, I, I'm not doing this." And so we had <laughs> um, we had driven past a, a piece of public that we didn't see any cars there, and so we thought that it was going to be like that everywhere. But when we got there and saw all these cars, I decided to I wasn't going to just sit around in this sea of antelope hunters and hope that one managed to get through everything and all of them and get to me. So I. Went back down the road. It was like ten minutes back down the road, and I got over there, and there was not a single person there. So I parked, and it was by the time I parked, it was already uh, getting to that gray light and okay. starting to get get light. And so I got my pack out and got everything ready and started hiking in and I had probably hiked about 300 yards in. I got across this little creek, and I was starting to come up a little bit of a rise. And I just stopped because I could see above all the sagebrush, and I started glassing over my right and immediately picked up a an antelope doe. And so I just kind of dropped my pack and my rifle, and I just started glassing, and soon I started to see another and another and another. They were probably about... Eight or 900 yards away and so with the terrain and everything I figured that I could I could gain a little elevation and then they wouldn't be able to see me at all and I could go across this this rim and just kind of keep poking my head out to check and make sure that they're still there and get range and uh, range them to see what how close I could get and then whenever I was where I felt like I could make a good shot, then I would just try and belly crawl up and, and shoot one. Um, and one of them was a a really good buck. And so I was, I was like, this is, this is pretty easy. (laughs) Um, so I, I got up there and I started making my way along the rim and poked out and got a range and it was still like 680 yards. And I went back in and I did a big loop around and, poked back out again and range and it was like 510 or something so I just kind of kept like leapfrogging um I'd just sneak out on the rim to where I could see them and get a range on them and finally um I think I was at like 260 or something like that and I decided that that was probably about as close as I could safely get, and so mm-hmm. I started belly crawling up. And they're down this this creek bottom type area, um, so I'm belly crawling up to the edge, and with pulling my pack with me, and push my pack out in front of me, and I'm starting to get everything situated where I can use that for a rest, and I'm laying prone, and I start hearing an antelope blowing and I look up to my left and now well, most of the herd was down in the bottom, but this lone doe was sitting up on this point up above me and just looking at me and she just started blowing. And you bitch. I looked exactly, <laughs> <laughs> I looked down at the bottom and antelope are starting to run up this draw toward where she's at. And just one by one, And the buck's kind of toward the end of the group, and he's feeding and not really paying close attention, so I'm trying to get one last range on him to make sure I have it and get dialed in. Um, As these antelope in front of him are like one by one, taking off running up this drainage. And finally there's just him and two other does down there, and one of the does looks up and sees that they're all running, and she kind of is looking around and unsure, and so she kind of takes off at like a a trot a little bit up there and then he looks up and so now all of them are on high alert but not really sure what's going on because this one single doe up there is the only one who saw me all the others are just reacting to her mm-hmm. um, so they kind of like slowly are you know how when deer are kind of not sure what's going on and they think something's wrong they're like kind of like high step and they have their head up and yep. ears back, and oh, yeah. so they were – that buck and doe were kind of doing that, and they started making their way into the the bottom of this draw that went up on this big plateau. Um, so as soon as they disappeared, I grabbed my rifle and i I just left my pack and spotting scope and everything, and I just started sprinting along the, this uh, rim. I was going to try and get over to the he- up to the head of that draw because they didn't seem like they were going too fast. So I thought that I could get close to the head of that draw. And if they popped out and I could get a shot there. And so I I took off sprinting and I come over this little rise. I have to go down, drop down into a, that same Creek bottom wound around and kind of was, went between me and them. So I was going to have to drop down in that Creek bottom, get across that, and get up the face of the next hill to be able to get a shot at it. And so, Right as I crest that hill, I look down and there's a a buck and a doe down there in that bottom, probably sixty yards away. And so I'm like mid step, and I just hit the dirt as hard as and as fast as I could. Um, and pull my binos up and couldn't get a great look at him. And he was, I was shaking from from running like that and the adrenaline and everything and so it took me a little bit to get steadied. and I finally sat down and put my my elbows on my knees and I was able to mostly hold my binos still enough and I got a look at him and and I decided that he was he was a pretty decent buck and um in the meantime they they kind of went up Over across this little berm and down into that creek bottom and they were kind of slowly jogging away so I grabbed my rifle and uh, kind of just sitting there on my butt with my knees as a a rest I kind of got set up and ready to go and got one last range and I think he was at 200 I think it was just under 240 yards so I I had gotten one of the, uh, actually we talked about it. Uh, the VX three HD, uh, scope from loophole. Yep. When I was getting that thing set up, I was kind of asking for, uh, recommendations. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) that one was, (coughs) excuse me, that one was, was within my price range. and, and, they look good, so they have that it's a solid, uh, solid scope, dude. It really, really oh is. man, it's it's I love it. Yeah. it it's not too much money. It's I mean, it could be a lot of money for some people, but I wanted something that was going to be solid, and so Cause it was the VX3
0: HD that you got. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what was the magnification range, real quick?
2: Again, I think it was. was the, oh man, it's it's like. Like the, three and a half to okay nine or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yep.
0: <clears throat> I can't remember exactly what it is. Yeah, because the, uh, the loop scopes they go like VX3, it goes by like uh multiply, multiples of three, so it'd be like three to twelve or oh, maybe that's six what it is. Yeah, or, yeah it's probably like three to twelve, it probably goes to 12. Three to nine, or six to twenty-four, stuff like that. And then right, the VX5 right. HD is. You know, multiples of five, so it's, like, two to ten, you know. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. You, know, you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of how that, – <clears throat> yeah. that's the, different, the differentiating uh, I see. of that. But the VX3s are, in my opinion, probably the best in that price range.
2: Yeah. No, it's it's a fantastic scope. It's, uh, it's one of the – it's probably one of the best scopes I've ever had. Yeah. Um, but I love that custom dial system they have. Oh, f- so when you when you order that thing, you you send them uh, all this information. You send them the barrel length of the rifle you're going to be shooting. them out of you send them the, what what specific bullet and load load you're shooting. You can send yep. you can give them the average elevation you're going to be shooting at. Um, they they take all this stuff and they make that custom dial for you. Yeah, and and if, you, if you want to get
0: really randy, you can actually take it to the chronograph and actually get a true chrono yeah,
2: on it too, and right, some of that. Right. I just went by what the that's the speed listed on the the manufacturer's box. That's but, what I did too.
0: So, because what was what is your barrel length on your rifle? I think it's 20, 24, maybe. Yeah, what caliber is it?
2: That's a six-five Creedmoor. Okay, yeah, it's probably twenty-four
0: then. Uh, I know if it's a three-hundred Win Mag, I think those are standard at like twenty-six. Yeah. So um, yeah, but I'm pretty I, sure it was twenty-four. I think the test barrels. Um, I know I googled it on mine, like because I was when I before I ordered my custom dials, um, system for mine. I was like, uh-huh. I googled it. Like, what do they use? What's the barrel length they they use for the test barrels for like at Hornady and I right, Googled right. it and found it and they're like, Oh yeah. All of our bullets get tested at 24 inches. And I'm like, Oh perfect. Mine's a 24 inch barrel. So it's gotta be close. Nice. So yeah, yeah right. I'd say you're right, right in there too with that. So cause right, the box, right. the box can be deceptive depending on your barrel length. If you had a six, five Creedmoor and you're rocking a, you know, 26 inch barrel on that sucker. Then, then it's, it's going to be faster
2: 20. than, than what the test Correct. test
0: load is. Correct. Yep. Exactly. So, but that's awesome, yeah. That custom dials um, turret is they're oh, they're awesome. They're like yeah, game changers, yeah.
2: dude. So for sure. And so I had I had actually just gotten my custom dial in the mail um, a couple of days before we went out to that range in the mountains where we were shooting at five hundred. And so I was able to try that thing out, and I felt so confident with that that oh, I just yeah. range it, dial it, and I was I was dead nuts. So that's it awesome. was. It was sweet. Um, so anyway, he was he was out there at two. He was out there at like two hundred and thirty, and by the time I dropped my rangefinder and got back on the gun, he, I would guess he was probably another ten yards or so. Um, so he stopped and kind of turned broadside to look back toward me, and. I just took a deep breath and started exhaling and squeezed the trigger. And he took off hauling ass. And he kind of got um, around this bend in the creek. And so I jumped up and I just ran sideways to where I could see around it. And then I had spotted him. He was just standing there, probably ran about 90 yards or so and he just stopped and stood there. Uh, And the... I think that he was dead already, but Mm. basically, it was was a lethal shot. Mm -hmm. Um, But the problem was the way he was going, there was... He only had like 200 yards until he got off the public. And the doe looked back and saw me. And so she took off running off the public. And so, but he, he never looked back. He, he just kind of stopped and was standing there with his butt facing straight toward me. So I got, I decided that the best thing to do was probably to get up on top of the hill, kind of parallel to him and belly crawl up there and peek over and put one more in and before Mm -hmm. you could, Walk off the the public, Um, so I snuck out of range and dropped down across the creek and up on top of that that next mesa where uh, where that doe had originally been blowing at me on my first stalk, and I just ran up as far as I could and then dropped down and belly crawled through the sagebrush for the last. 20 or so yards and was able to spot him standing there. He had taken maybe he'd probably gone 20 30 more yards and just slow moving and I at this point it was only a 100 yard shot so oh, okay. <clears throat> just pulled the rifle up and sent one more into him and he dropped on the spot. So nice. That's awesome, dude. Uh, so yeah, it was a uh, but so all that happened in a matter of 20 minutes. Jeez. So Dude, my.
0: Isn't nuts how fast it goes when you're out there? Yeah. It's crazy.
2: My, all that money and time and planning and everything was effectively for a, a 20 minute hunt. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't regret it at all. It was, it was so much fun. I, I'm, so I guess to, uh, to get back to your point though, that Western hunting with a rifle is an entirely different game mhm and, and i I absolutely love it and i I can't wait to get back out there and like you said, chase some elk and mule deer, and I would definitely
0: go on another pronghorn hunt too oh yeah, I'm gonna take my my daughter out um out west someday for pronghorn because it's not it's really not a matter of uh if you're gonna see animals it's a matter of like if you can get close enough so yeah right you're gonna see pronghorn they're they're open country animals that's they utilize their eyesight more than anything so they'd like to live in the open so you can see them yep it's a matter of if you can get close enough or not so yeah that's the challenge there yep i think it's awesome to take first you know first time hunters or you know younger kids out like pronghorn hunting is in my opinion, I think it's the best entry in the western game.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. After having just just done it for the first time, I I absolutely agree. Are you buying points for her right now?
0: Yeah, I am. I am. I uh Oh, I think I just bought my th- third point. Yeah, my third point this year.
2: For what state?
0: Wyoming, sorry. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah Wyoming is <laughs> the only state I've actually been accruing for. Um, gotcha. I should probably be buying points in the Colorado and stuff too, but I don't know. I like Wyoming to, and Colorado are the two that I'm building points in right now. Yeah. I just don't find a point in hunting Arizona because I don't think I'll ever draw. Like right, in exactly. Arizona or anything like that. And New Mexico has some awesome hunting, but it's all random. There's no points yeah, or anything. So. It's
2: lottery. It's not yeah. It's not so much a, a point system.
0: Right. So I'll um maybe not next year, but starting in twenty twenty five, I'll probably draw either elk or um, pronghorn for Wyoming. So that's kinda of what I'm banking on. Okay. My, nice. Yeah, my twenty twenty four season is gonna be full with uh Wyoming bear hunting and then Africa.
2: Right, right. So that's gonna be, that's yeah. gonna be a hell of a season.
0: Oh dude, I'm so stoked for it. Uh, I can year. only imagine. Holy shit, it's gonna be sweet. <laughs> never
2: I can't wait to hear all about those hunts.
0: Oh, it's gonna be I am I'm, I'm beyond stoked for next year. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I've never been bear hunting before, so I'm really excited to get out there and see that. And I never hunted in Wyoming before, so that'd be cool, and then going back to Africa is gonna be an absolute fucking blast. So Yep, yep, for sure. Yeah. So um <clears throat> with your pronghorn what uh what kind of ammo were you using out there
2: so i was using um there's 130 grains from federal it's the the Barnes tsx oh okay um that's the the bullet that's that's in that one um mm-hmm. it's so just a copper 100% copper bullet yep. that has like a deep um, hollow point, basically, so it'll expand quite a bit when when it hits. Yeah, were you?
3: Uh,
0: did you pass through? You probably passed through them just because it's a pronghorn. You smaller, yeah. but yeah, I did. Yeah, uh, I do know that the. Like, I guess personally, like for pronghorn stuff, I like more frangible bull bullets. Like I was using Hornady Precision Hunters, and okay. I know that's I would not use those for. Elk. I know a lot of people do and they like them, but they're pretty frangible because they're so, they yeah, expand yeah. so fast. But man, when I shot my, granted, I shot my pronghorn at 77 yards. So that <laughs> yeah. was like damn near in bow range for a lot of guys, you know? So, but, uh, yeah,
2: that's, I think there's, there's plenty of guys who will take that shot with a bow. Oh, yeah. There with pronghorn.
0: Yep. for sure. So I shot him pretty damn close with my rifle, but he just dropped like a sack of potatoes and it just transferred all that kinetic kinetic energy so well because I would I I would uh equate like the Hornady precision hunters to shooting expandable broadheads if that makes sense gotcha okay in, in yep. what, what you' are shooting I would compare that more to like uh, a fixed blade yeah with, a yeah, solid, I would agree with the that. the solid copper and stuff they're super deep penetrating hold their they hold their form really well they don't they retain I think upwards of like 90 some plus percent of their uh, bullet weight, so they have really gotcha. high retention rate, so they penetrate really deep. I think the horny horny bullets, a lot of times they will shed a significant amount of their um, bullet weight. Yeah, um, from, that makes sense, but they're the probably pedals. doing a ton
2: of damage initially. So much damage, dude.
0: So much damage. That it's, it's nuts. <laughs> so like with elk hunting, you want, in my opinion, more of a deeper, deeper penetrating bullet, bullet. Right, right. Pronghorn and like, mule deer and stuff like that, you can definitely get away with shooting a more frangible bullet, and you would be the devastation that comes with it, inside that cavity from those frangible bullets just because when they – they don't – I don't like to say that they grenade, but they, like, just – like, the temporary wound channel they create is so substantial, and then you have all the pedals when they, when they rip off. You have all this other big almost subsidiary, um, I guess – wound channels that are going out all over the place. So they're just, right, uh, they're just right. devastating on thinner skin game and, um, I like guess yeah. small to medium sized game. They're absolute, absolutely terrorizers.
2: Wow. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it definitely seems like they're a more delicate animal. And so you can probably ease more easily get away with using something like that versus, yep. uh, maybe a mule deer, or especially like an elk, um, but yeah, question for, sure. for you: When you were when you were getting ready for your antelope hunt, you're using the six five Creedmoor. Did you find a lot of variation between um, uh, what's uh, different bullets as far as where they would hit your target?
0: Um, with the same ammo, you're saying, or
2: no different different ammo, like oh. say, maybe same bullet weight but different brands or different sure types of bullets yeah because uh-huh. I, I i that's one thing i encountered the the stuff i ended up hunting with was like 60 dollars a box and so i was like well i'm gonna practice and get sighted in with or, or at least get pretty close and then if i have to tweak it a little bit with this more expensive uh bullet then at least i'm 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 already close and then i can just maybe make adjust it a few clicks here right or left mm-hmm. or up or whatever and then i'm good yep but
0: yeah um, i would definitely uh, um it so i grabbed when i bought mine i grabbed like four different brands i think i i bought some hornady precision hunter and that's what i was mm-hmm. thinking i'm like i i, I really want these a group well because i want to use those for the hunt but then i bought some norma and th- that was a little bit cheaper there, like 130 something grains. Uh, so a little, little bit lighter than what the precision hunters were. Those are 143 grains. Uh, okay. So I bought some Norma ammo. That was a little bit cheaper. I bought some, uh, what else? I think I bought Hornady Black, which is just a, yeah, it's yep. the same company, yep. just different um, style bullet. Um, bought some Hornady Black. I think that was 140 grains. And I, but what else did I buy? I bought. I don't think I bought any federal stuff. Um, I can't remember what the other ones were. Just some other cheaper ones. I think I bought some. Uh, yeah, some Remington. Um, shit. I, I bought okay. some like really cheap ones, basically to do like what you said. I I wanted to get pretty close to zero with the cheap stuff, and then um, tweak it with the more expensive stuff, I guess. And I right I, I right bought, I, I bought the norma as like a wild card because i'm like if this group's well then maybe i'll buy that because it's a little bit cheaper and whatnot yeah, and i've never right. i've never hunted with norma ammo before but i've heard, I've heard <coughs> pretty decent things um right i did see yeah so basically to get to the question the point of the question um i did see some variation with uh, a lot of that stuff the norma ammo was it wasn't it wasn't bad by any means it just wasn't as good as horny Hornady, i will give them this like even though I might not love the fact that their bullets are a little bit more frangible, I guess, uh-huh. um, when I'm generalizing like that. Uh, but they are fucking accurate, dude. Like the precision, precision hunter, those things, right. uh, I think out of uh, a whole box, because I shot probably, once I got dialed in, I trained. Uh-huh. I probably shot like uh, know, five or six boxes of precision hunter just to really get dialed in and really feel good about myself. I don't right. know. I think... I, I didn't have very much var- variation between there. I might have had one, one or two flyers out of the all four four boxes I had. Um, so it was really good. And when so I say you're if,
2: able to go from one brand to another to another and not have any, any uh, real.
0: Oh no, I did have so between the one thirty grain, one hundred thirty grains, and the one forty threes and stuff. Yeah, there was some. It was different. Out to a hundred. Uh, or two, I so I zeroed at 200 at 200 yards. I mean, it was from probably, uh, maybe a couple inches of very like of drop. Okay. Like, so the one, though, obviously the 130s are flying a little bit faster. So the 140s, right, right. um, yeah, they they dropped, they were off. I would say probably maybe, maybe a couple inches or so. So there's some variation there. I wouldn't say it was a lot just because the 6.5 creep, yeah, bread, it does cook pretty quick, um, in right, general. Right. So,
2: yeah. <clears throat> okay. So here's why I'm asking because I got, uh, like the Winchester deer season XP. Um, to, I think they are 130 grains. Okay. So same, same bullet weight. And I sighted in with those and then switched over to the federal premium with these, uh, Barnes TSX, Bullets, and I was hitting. I was grouping them. All of these federal with the Barnes TSX, I was grouping them well, but they're eight inches away at a hundred yards. Oh shit! Huh. And I, I've never ever in my life experienced anything like that, where hmm. at a hundred yards there will be that much difference from one bullet to another. That are supposedly the same bullet weight. The deer season XP were grouping pretty well, and the federal premium were grouping well, but they were eight. They were, from the same barrel. They were hitting eight inches apart at a oh. hundred. Um, what did you shoot first? I shot the deer season
0: XP. Okay. Um did you let your barrel cool down at all before you shot the Yeah. Yep. Oh, you did. Yep. Okay. Huh. What the fuck? No, I I didn't I didn't find that um very like that big of a variation I think between all the different bullet weights that I shot is uh, all within just a few inches. Like it wasn't
2: that Yeah. No, honestly. it's it was it was very strange. I mean, I've I've zeroed huh. plenty of guns and I've never had two bullets that are basically that, that say they're the same weight hit so far from each other out of the same barrel. So were the yards.
0: were the um, was the federal ammo dropping more than the Winchesters or It was it was okay.
2: So the federal was shooting probably uh, I'm going to say four o'clock and about eight inches from the Winchester. Huh? Damn. No, I didn't.
0: I, I Yeah, I didn't have, I didn't have that much variation in mine, but I didn't shoot those, that ammo either. I didn't shoot any. Yeah. Right. I didn't shoot any federal and I didn't shoot any Winchester. Um, I don't know. That seems kind of drastic, but. Yeah, that's are... what
2: I thought. So I I didn't know if that's some, a common thing with uh, the six five Creedmoor or what. But no, I mean it. It, I it, it groups so. great with whatever I have it dialed into, but yeah. whatever it's zeroed with, it shoots those fantastically. Hmm. But I just I know now that I can't switch between the two bullets if i want to shoot the deer season xp then i need to go zero in with those before i mm-hmm. take it out
3: mm-hmm.
0: i suppose that's probably why Loopold wants like the manufacturer name and all that information before you get your cds too yeah you right know? right so yeah no that's kind of nuts that, it seems like yeah it seems kind of significant
2: to me but uh i agree that's exactly what i thought yeah i don't
0: I don't know. I've never had
2: a gun shoot like that. No,
0: I haven't so. either. Honestly, I, I mean, I've had some pretty significant. Like when you're talking, uh, when you're, you have a significant change in grains, uh, you know, but that makes right. sense. Right, But that these sense, are though. they're both 130 grains. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me unless it's just like the diff- the difference in metals they're using. They're flying that much differently, but I couldn't. I don't.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't know. know if it was maybe the shape of the bullet, maybe the. the Something to do with the aerodynamics of the bullet shape.
0: Were they both ballistic tips? Um. So they both have like the little plastic piece in the tip of it. No, right? they weren't.
2: The okay. Federal Premium are not. They're solid copper all the way to the nose. Oh, and they're just the, hollowed out in the tip of the nose.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, that makes a little more sense then, because everything I shot was ballistic tip, besides the cheap shit, like the really cheap shit that I bought. Gotcha. That was not ballistic tip, but it's also just lead you know so it's a solid right, lead. right gotcha but that was just my my getting close i like getting on paper kind of shit and yeah for, for funsies i guess but uh that maybe makes a little more sense just because um because the winchester xp xps those are ballistic tips correct yeah yeah yep, yep. so that might i don't know honestly that does kind of make more a little more sense than if your one's going to be a basically a small hollow point and one's ballistic tipped. So.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but still, I I was surprised that it was such a drastic difference.
0: Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: I guess I'd but probably anyway, just, keep, I I'd just keep shooting that the, the federal shit.
2: <laughs> well, I'm thinking I might I'll, – I'll keep it at what it's set to now until I run out of the federal stuff, but I'm thinking I might switch over to that deer season XP because it was grouping fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's way cheaper, but it's like thirty dollars cheaper per yeah. box of twenty. So
0: yep. In uh, those deer season Winchester bullets, I've also heard are a little, little bit more frangible. They're almost a little bit more like the Horneds. I think. Okay, from what I've gotcha. heard from people. Um, I've never shot them, but I've heard from other people. I've shot a lot of them, and a lot of people love that. Like a lot of people really like the fact that it sheds a lot of bullet weight and just creates a, such massive wound channels. Yeah,
2: well, I mean, it, it would be perfect if you've got a deer quartering away. If you can tuck it back in there behind the back rib and let it go up through all the good stuff and do all that damage. Oh, yeah. That deer is going to drop. Oh, yeah. Or be down in no time. Yep. But you're I- not going to probably get uh, an exit hole. If you're in thick stuff, you might want something a little heavier, not as frangible to make sure you have yeah. an exit and – more to be able to track yep but
0: yeah i know perry batten he shoots a lot he shoots some winchester deer deer season xps a lot i that's he shoots them a lot yeah
2: he's probably dropping them in a field though where there's probably almost no tracking job yep that's yep so exactly
0: because <laughs> <laughs> I, I would see him working uh for mark drury and stuff he's like because I've had him on the podcast a few times too, and
2: yeah, no, I've, I've, I've listened to Perry. him on here. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he's the shit. He's a great, really good dude. But he's like, yeah, we shoot so many because they have to do so much doe management, and with right. I, Iowa has that late season rifle, um, late, okay, late, yeah, like extra late season rifle antlerless deer only um, season. And he's like, dude, we yeah. fucking, they lay the dick down on some does. And he, so he gets a lot of, <laughs> a lot of really good, really good data from shooting whitetail does with, uh, and he's, he, he shoots, he really likes that six, eight Western round. And he's like, dude, yeah, he's I was just
2: going to say, I think pummeled. he said like that, that latest rifle he got, I think, didn't he say he's killed like 70 some deer with that? <laughs> yeah. Like, and he's only had it for a few years. A short time. Yeah.
0: Yep, maybe a few years. That's maybe. crazy. Maybe just one. year, I don't know. But I know. I think. I, I, don't, I don't want to misquote him, but I want to say they. Shoot, no, I, know, I you know, know. they shoot a lot of does every year, just because they
2: they're heavily managing that population. Oh yeah,
0: because you know they want to get as close to that one to one ratio as they can. To, Absolutely. You know, so it's like that's awesome, you know. And if they yeah they have the opportunity, they're partnered with. Uh, I think they're partnered with Silencer Central now, too. Pretty, oh, okay. pretty sure it sounds kind essential. Of so he's like anyway, uh they so they all have suppressors down and they're like, dude, it's a fucking game changer. It's
2: Oh, I bet they can probably sit to, there on a big field and shoot three, dude. four, five, ten deer in a night. Oh yeah.
0: He's like, dude, it's so awesome. He's like, especially from a uh, box blind. He's like, you stick stick the barrel out and you don't like it doesn't fucking make you want to pass out after you shoot. Like, <laughs> 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 he's like, and then the deer they, they just drop in the field and uh, if they do run, they don't run very far at all. And then, you know, it doesn't spook that many other deer. If they're, you know, a couple hundred yards away, they're just going to go, they don't get that spook, so they still come out to the front right, block. Right. He's just dropping does left and right. So that's that's awesome. But That's amazing. Yeah. But I think, I know he really likes them deer season bullets a lot. So Yeah.
2: No, I, I've had good success with them. I um I use the... The deer season XP. Um, I use the 300 blackouts when I go down to Georgia pig hunting. And, okay. Uh, I didn't. I didn't shoot anything this past winter when I went down there, but the previous year I was using those and shot three pigs, and all of them were dead within 20 yards of where I hit them. So. Nice. I think two of them, two of them dropped in their tracks and one of them ran like 20 yards through the palmettos, but oh. it it devastated all three of them and they were decent sized pigs too. How is, so. do you eat the wild pigs? Um, we have it's not
0: my favorite. No, okay. I've heard mixed reviews about wild wild pigs.
2: So Uh, We, when we got down there the first time, we were talking to the, so all their wildlife management areas have, like, a resident uh, caretaker, or at least all the ones that we've been to so far. We've been to a handful of different ones, and whenever we can, we try to track him down, and we've usually ended up running into him somewhere out there. And we've talked to a couple who say, yeah, they're great, and they've got, specific ways to cook them up or but then others are just like nope drag them in a ditch and leave them (laughs) yeah shoot them all yep so it's
0: i've heard that from some buddies in texas and stuff too they're i think in like the thing i've heard the most is like you know we keep the young the small ones and then mm -hmm. toss the big ones yeah the the big ones when they get old they just get gross and they're yeah, they're eating everything. When they're young, they're still eating like, I don't know, decent, like not, they're not eating like complete trash. I yeah, guess like, right, they're, they're, right. They're like yeah, the, the young small ones, they're good to eat. The big ones like fucking throw them things. They fucking suck.
3: Yeah.
2: So I I shot one that was probably it was probably 60 pounds dressed. Um. So not a huge pig, but Decent size, mm-hmm. enough enough to make doing the work to get the meat worth it. Um, mm-hmm. So we we quartered it up and brought it back in the cooler, and my buddy and I made sausage out of it, and um, it was it was good. I mean, it it wasn't my favorite, but it was definitely good enough that you could eat it. Um, mm-hmm. But it definitely took a lot of like that. Uh, breakfast sausage seasoning. Oh yeah. I think we got, I don't remember what brand it was, but you get those like bags of like jerky seasoning or sausage seasoning or whatever. And so we got some of that and it, it took quite a bit of that seasoning, but it, it tasted really good for the most, like a a lot better than I expected wild pig to taste. Yeah. So. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, they're, but I imagine if you shoot. Yeah, I imagine if you shoot one of the bigger ones, it would probably taste a lot worse.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're so destructive, too. Like, I know guys in Texas are just like, dude, fucking... Oh, yeah, they're stuff. devastating
2: ecosystems. Oh, it's insane. Um, all over the the south and the coast and wherever they are, basically. Yeah. Could you, I couldn't even imagine if wild pigs
0: made it up to Iowa. Dude. Oh, geez. Oh, my gosh. just millions of acres just destroyed That'd be nuts. when we're
2: down there in georgia for that uh, that pig hunt each year you drive along the road and just the whole like you'll see like whole fields just that looks like looks like the, someone was just like throwing hand grenades or dropping bombs in it, and they're just completely ripped up and i can only Jeez. imagine what that would be like for a, a farmer Oh I mean it's it'd be
0: devastating. You'd plant your crops and then you go out there and be like, Oh my gosh, are you serious?
2: Yeah. It's exactly. all gone. I mean, they're uh rooting through ditches and stuff and make it looks like they're like making it they're altering the waterways and stuff by doing that and causing all kinds of issues and yeah. so they just want them they want 'em shot. So mm-hmm. we yeah. always go down there every year as soon as Georgia's deer season ends, and spend a couple of days down there trying to shoot pigs. So yeah, I need to go. Pig it's a good time. We eat some good food and have fun trying to get on some hogs.
0: I'm gonna go hog hunting so bad in like Texas or somewhere or Georgia or anywhere.
2: Be yeah, no. Time. What I really want to do is one of those Gila hunts. Oh yeah, where you get to hang out the side of a little helicopter, and they'll fly you along with them as they're running and. Oh, yeah. Just try dude. and drop
0: them in the
3: trash. <laughs> yep. I'd
0: buy a AR platform fucking three hundred eight, so fast and oh, just yeah. let her eat. Yep,
2: that exactly. Is, have a so few scary. mags up there with you. Mm-hmm. Some of those guys are shooting just like the um, shotguns with slugs out of them. Yeah. Like the extended tubes. and. I think Fred Eichler does that all the
0: time. Oh, does he? Yeah, I think he even goes and hunts coyotes like that. He'll shoot them with a shotgun out of a helicopter with like double buck or something like that too. That's wild. Yeah, I mean that's cool. <laughs> I think he'll do because he has a ranch in Colorado. I think he'll do that like for coyotes. And okay, stuff too. Like, I'm like, fuck yeah, nice. so cool. But yeah, that would be I, awesome. I've seen that too, where they yeah they go up there with their shotguns and just lay the dick down like that's pretty cool. <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's cool man it looks like fun yeah it does but well hey dude yeah. we've been going out about uh two hours now so
2: oh geez yeah
0: yeah time flies dude
2: Well it's been fun
0: yeah it has um so we'll go ahead and close her out do you have anything you want to close with here
2: no just uh good luck to everyone out there. there is still there's still season left and Keep grinding away at it. If you if you're not tagged out yet, I know I will be. Um, Jake, I hope you are able to seal the deal on a nice one out there. Thanks, man. And uh, I guess we'll just keep watching everything else the team does too. And yeah. Yep. Uh, it's, it's it's fun to follow everyone's season. It is. It's a blast. Um, I know I've got well
0: like four days before gun season starts here in Iowa. So it's getting pretty close. Um, I'm already looking for, like just looking towards late season personally. I'm just going to be, I'm going to be really busy this, this week. So I don't even know if I'll be able to get out after work at all to hunt.
2: Gotcha. So yeah,
0: I'm just going to stack
2: it up and set up all your appointments for this gun season. Get everything out of the way now so that come late season, you can just hit it hard.
0: That's the plan. That is the plan. I'm going to, probably head south during late season and see if I can not get it done on a buzzer beater buck with my bow and then on to 2024 dude trade show season's coming up so, soon so fuck it's going to be it's going to be busy
2: yeah yeah um sorry i know we're wrapping up but i was just one more question with that mm-hmm. cuz you had a muzzleloader so if can you hunt late season with the muzzleloader uh for is,
0: for does i can but not my buck tag is gone
2: not uh, okay yep. gotcha.
0: So early muzzler, that's the thing. Like uh it's so you, you booked early instead
2: of late. So Yep.
0: yep. Oh, I gotcha. So yeah, it's uh
2: but with the bow it's it's still free game.
0: Yep, for late season, yeah. So my archery tag goes from October one to December one, and then it picks back up um December whatever it is, nineteenth maybe I think, wherever whenever gun um uh second season gun ends, then my bow tag will pick back up again. Got it. Okay. Yep. So very looking cool. forward to it, man. But hey, I really yep. appreciate you coming yep. on, Dominic. It's been a good time.
2: Yeah, no. Thank you so much for having me. I yeah. I always love talking to you.
0: Yep, yeah, yeah. Anytime, man. So all right guys. Well, we'll catch you in the next one.